Welcome to the Ditch the Suits podcast, where we get real about the stuff no one in the financial world wants you to know about. Learn how you can better manage your family's wealth while protecting it from financial exploitation and so-called financial advisors. Here's to your financial awakening. Welcome your hosts, Steve Campbell and Travis Moss. Well, welcome back to Ditch the Suits. Uh, Steve Campbell here with you. Today, we're going to be concluding our three-part series where we've been talking about sourcing income once you reach financial freedom. You know, when we say sourcing income, really all we're talking about is the fact that there's listeners that are tuning in that have been accumulating and saving their entire life. And now they're beginning this great transition where they're going to have to start thinking about drawing money from various assets and investments. But they'll admit to you that they just have no idea what to do and they don't know how to do it. Well, you are in luck. In part three, we're going to talk about not only sourcing income, but actually tell you how to do it. Really? Yep, you heard me. In this episode, we will dive even deeper into the types of accounts you have and how you can look at your investment holdings with even greater intention. Don't just sell whatever's in there to create income. Be wise and understand what you own, but also where we are in the markets so you can make a prudent decision. And if you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe and follow this podcast, just so you never miss an episode. We'd also love to earn a five-star rating and have you leave a review. Your review and ratings can inspire somebody else to become a believer. And don't you want people to have good information? So thanks for being our guest. As always, it's your money and it's your life. Start demanding the best. You only get one shot at this thing. We're just here to help you get the most out of it. So hope you've enjoyed this three-part series. Well, welcome back to Ditch the Suit. Steve Campbell here with Travis Moss. Today, we're going to be wrapping up our third part of our three-part series, uh, where we've talked about all things sourcing income. You've been working your entire life being a saver, 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 and now you're at this point in your life where you might have to be a spender. And that's a big shift for a lot of people is knowing how to make that shift from saving my entire life to how to be a spender. A lot of moving parts. There's things like taxes that are going to get in the way that we talked about in episode number one. So if you missed that, go back and listen. Talk to you about the idea that everyone's going to have to pay taxes. We just want you to have a long-term view of how to reduce those over an entire lifetime. In the last episode, we talked about just a little bit deeper in this idea of sourcing income. We gave you some financial terms to think about. But in this last one, I think we're going to ask or answer, point you in the right direction of the big question that a lot of people are asking, which is, okay, but how do I actually do it? It's good that you've talked to me about all these like big ideas and I get the concept, but like, just please someone tell me. Just someone, someone tell me how I actually do these things. So Travis, let's just get right into it. How, what are the mechanics to just taking money from your account sourcing income? So let's assume that you listened to our last two episodes and you figured out how much you were going to take out and um, you've got to kind of figure out which accounts you're going to take it from. So, So you're going, now you're looking at the actual account and you're saying, how do I get money out of this account? What do I sell? Mm hmm. That's where we'll start with that. What do I sell? Well, if this is is a big if, so assuming that you have a properly diversified portfolio, you are going to, and we've done done a lot of different episodes on this. Uh, We've talked about correlation. We've talked about price to value, but just a quick recap on that. The price of a stock is what you see when you look at your statement or when the market's moving every day. The value of the stock is actually what the parts are worth. So think about it like this. You go into the grocery store today on the way home, and the price of ribeye steak is $7.99 a pound. 
and you've been watching the price of beef, you go, oh my gosh, that's a good deal. Yep. So do you say it's probably horrible because it's $7.99 a pound and on sale, or do you say I'm going to fill up my freezer because I can't believe it's $7.99 a pound? So assuming that it wasn't past its expiration date and everything, you'd be like, I'm filling up my freezer. You go do that whole, like, you know, you, you grab as many with, you don't even care that people are looking at you like you're crazy. You're just filling up your cart with steaks. Right. And you're just plowing it in there. It's almost a price of hamburger at this point. And you're like, I'm taking as many of these as I can. That's how you need to think about stocks or investments. There's a price and there's a value, you know, there's a value to it, but what you're seeing is the price changing all the time. So if you have proper diversification, you should have a lot of different things in your portfolio where the price is moving at different times, but you know, because you understand what you bought, what the actual real value of those things are. That's good. So the other thing is, well, how do I get these things? What I have my mutual funds, I have my large cap fund, my mid cap fund, my small cap fund, my real estate fund, my healthcare fund, whatever funds, my international fund, my emerging markets fund. Maybe I have 10 different funds. The question is, is that diversified enough? And we just did a series on diversification, but the answer is probably no. We need to go to what we call correlation coefficients. That is this idea of how much do those things move together. So if you have 10 different things in your portfolio and they're mutual funds, so they own everything, right. you have the average of 10 different things that own a really lot of stuff, but it's the average. So nothing too extreme. So you own 10 averages, 10 different things, but they all tend to go up and down normally at the same time, a little bit of difference. Maybe some go up a little bit more or drop a little bit less, but in general, they move in the same direction. That's the correlation. They basically, if they're going up, they all go up. If they're going down, they all go down. Well, what's the problem with that? Well, the biggest difference between the all 10 holdings you have might be a 20% difference between the best one and the worst one. And that's probably just the best one and the worst one. Most of them are going to fall probably within 5 or 10% of each other. So if you were looking at your portfolio and said, I need to take some money out of my account, there's really two ways that you can do it. You can go in like a lot of people do. They call up the 401k company and they say, give me a distribution. In which case they'll do what they call pro rata distribution. They sell a little bit of everything to equal the amount you requested. So they do it pro rata. So that means the things that are down 20% and the things that are down 5%, they all sell all of them. Well, if you know what the value is and that thing that was down 20% was really a 20% sale, let's say the value was 100 and it was selling at $80. And let's say you had another holding, another fund in there where the value is $100, but it's selling at $95. Which one are you better off selling if you had to sell one? The one that's only 5% down, not 20% down. You don't want the fire sale on your behalf, right? So you wouldn't want to do a pro rata sale. You would want to go in and specifically say, I want to sell just the 95% one, right? Just the one hanging out at 95%. Now, still going to have a loss, right? You're still selling low on that. So that's frustrating. You maybe don't want to do that. That's when you take, that's called an absolute loss. If something goes down 5% and you sell it and you take the money and go spend it on something, you truly did take a 5% loss. Everything else is just on paper. Yep. So 
let's say that you wanted to try to avoid that. Well, you only have 10 things and they're all averages of stuff that essentially move in the same direction at the same time. So there's not a lot of ways to do it differently. But what if you had investments with low correlation? So remember when, if we go back and we re-listened to that, I forget which episode it was, but if we went back and listened again, one, things move exactly the same. Negative one, things move in opposite. Zero, they have nothing to do with each other. Right. So if all your mutual funds are within 0.7 to one, everything's pretty much moving together. But what happens if you had, let's say, 20 or 30 different investments and they were anywhere from negative 0.1 to 0.9 with the majority of them somewhere hanging out in the negative uh, or in, in the 0.2 to 0.4 range. Yep. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking at your portfolio and saying, I need to get some money. And, oh, I have a couple of investments that I've still made a lot of money on. Right. They're actually still overpriced. Everything is selling at a discount, but they're still at 30% premium, meaning I went to the store and I wanted to buy that ribeye and it's selling for $22 a pound now, mm. right? And and maybe it should normally be, a, I don't have a clue. My wife does all the grocery shopping, luckily for me, but maybe it's supposed to be $16, you know, a pound. And it's selling, you go, nope, nope, I'm going to wait because I'm going to wait for that $7.99 sale to come back, right? And so you don't touch it. So in that case, somebody's willing to overpay you for it. You want to be able to sell the 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 one that has the price above the value, and you want yeah. to be very specific about it. So if your portfolio is not properly diversified, you don't have that scenario. Everything's too close together. In the latter example I gave, something might be down forty percent, and something might be up a hundred percent. Yeah. That's a huge spread. And in general, most things are very spread out. There's very little things that are going to be within 5% of each other as far as performance goes. When you look at a mutual fund, that's what you see if you look inside of it. Mm -hmm. So you need that diversification, in my opinion, when you're talking about income sourcing. You need to be able to, once you figure out the dollar amount and the account you want to take the money out, you need to be able to go in and pinpoint the investment that you want to sell based on the fact that somebody's willing to really overpay you for it. That's the game, right? You're going to sell your house. You want the best deal you can get. And if you can't get a good deal, you hold on to it. Yeah. Well, that only works if you you know, have another way to raise money, sure. right? If all you have is your house, all the eggs are in one basket, you kind of live and die by whatever that's worth on that day whatever somebody's willing to pay. Well, and so, hold on. Let's 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 park right there cuz we just covered a whole heck of a lot of things. This is why I'm here to <laughs> this is why I'm here to help you partner. So if you're wondering, this was episode 28 where we talked about mutual funds. So if you need to go back, uh pick it up on your favorite podcast platform, episode 28, we break this down a little bit deeper. Uh two, we talked about again just a just a little announcement. Make sure you always check the expiration dates on your meets. Really important, right? You brought that up. That's uh, free. But- We're going to give that advice for free. But what I what I'm hearing, and this is what I want to bring it back to. So in our in our episode two, we talked about the idea that you have these various types of accounts. Maybe you have tax deferred, tax free, and just you know brokerage types accounts. And you need to do something, create income. A lot of people will just go, oh, tax free. That's the way to do it. But they might be um, shooting themselves in the foot just to do something that they could have done more meaningfully. So what we're trying to teach you is that there's layers to your life and the tools that you have available to you. What most people do is they just look at a garage and go, got some tools, shut the door. Some people then go in and start to sort those tools out and realize that certain tools are better fit for certain projects. 
that makes them slightly more savvy, if you will. So they understand that they have tools. And now it's a matter of sorting through and realizing that this one tool is going to help me in this specific project, make sure that I'm not breaking another tool just to try to do the same job. That's good. Now what we're talking about is what if the screwdriver has even different type heads that you could use that would help you do a job in a much better way. So at a super high level, we have laid out the idea that you have all these different types of accounts, which is great. Now we want you to understand what the function of each one of those accounts are. That's a little bit deeper. Now what you're getting into is going even deeper. Let's say you've isolated the one account that you know you need to take money from. We stopped you in episode two from taking money from one account and now you know which account to take it from. But before you just call up the institution where this account is held and say, okay, I know which account I'm supposed to take it from. Give me X amount of money. And they go, great. We're just going to take a little bit from every account that you own. And you go, hey, sounds pretty good. I did what those guys told me to do. Park right there. Hold on just a second. Within that account, you are now going to have various different investments that all have different correlations like you talked about. Now we're telling you to hit the pause button and look at those various investments that you have and now be even more discerning about what you are going to quote unquote sell off in order to create cash. So we just within three episodes took you from being like floating in the wind, looking at Google and finding out what every person in the world is trying to tell you what to do, which half the time it's not even accurate information to now looking at the money that you have in a completely different way where you're still trying to figure out, do I still have to go to the grocery store later today? There's a lot of talk of grocery. We're trying to paint a picture for you that the way to make real money in life is being extremely intentional about what you are doing. And so I think within this, then we've talked about this idea of specific selection. So now that we've kind of helped people understand, you've isolated which account to take money from. Now you're beginning to look at the investments within that account. How can we give people a framework for the different types of investments that they might own and the differences in them and some things that we might want to consider. That was a really, really good synopsis of everything we're talking about. Thanks, And I think a way to emphasize that even further is if we can make 1% difference by the way that we're managing our taxes and which investments we're selling and when we're selling them, pretend that just makes a 1% difference. If you have a million dollar portfolio, it's $10,000 a year. Well. That's just a 1% difference. And it's probably understating the difference that you can make on a portfolio. So you make that, let's pretend that you retire for 30 years, 30 years times $10,000. And it's going to compound because you're going to make interest on that. Uh, that's a lot of extra family vacations. Yeah. this is We're talking significant amounts of money over time that it's, it kind of gets nickel and dimed away from you. You don't even realize it because it's opportunity. You, you miss an opportunity and therefore you miss out on what you could have had Sure. But these aren't opportunities like, hey, if you don't buy my investments, you're never going to get another opportunity. These are opportunities that are just basically time value. Yeah. When do you pay your taxes? How do you pay them? When do you sell your investments? How do you sell them? Yeah. So uh, on that note, to further complicate this, Here we go. Uh, <laughs> actually to, to, to unfurther complicate this, to make this more simple, we, we dev- devised a way that where we work with uh, nonprofit organizations and their finance committees, which lots of times we have people from the broad spectrum of financial backgrounds. And one of the biggest challenges is getting everybody on the same, back to the vernacular, getting everybody to use the same terminology. Yeah. Um, and this, so this is kind of how I've developed this over the years now. Let's think of every portfolio. And it doesn't matter if you, what we talked about taking all your accounts and calling that one portfolio, you know, just 
take your investment program that you have and understand that there's two two parts of the investment program. There's your growth investments. Those are your risky stuff. And then in comparison, because it's not completely safe, but there's there's your fixed income stuff, which is your safer investment. So you have riskier investments and safer investments, right? It's still all relative, like any investments you can lose money on. But in general, you're talking bonds, CDs, cash savings, that kind of thing on the safe investment side, the fixed income, and you're talking stocks, real estate, businesses, that kind of stuff on the equity side of things. And so if you look at your investment program as essentially we call them sleeves, a growth sleeve and an income sleeve, income being the safer stuff, growth being the riskier stuff. Yep. This starts to put it, make it maybe a little bit easier. When you look at portfolio composition and, and, and managing from a practical standpoint, I'm not talking about academic where they come up with all kinds of formulas and they tell you how the future is going to happen. I'm talking about in real life, the way that this happens is you've got short-term needs, intermediate and long-term needs. And you don't always know what your needs are going to be. Right. You know what your budget is and 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 roughly how much money you need for just your regular standard of living. But then you don't know when the furnace is going to blow up, when the kids are going to need help, you know, when somebody's going to get sick and, and, and lose their, or potentially lose their job or something like that, right? You don't know some of these things. So one of the things that happens with us, it's so interesting when we're working with, with a new client, is every single time we meet with them, we ask them, what are your projected expenses over the next six to 12 months? And that they, they, I think they kind of think sometimes like, why are you asking me this? It's my money. I'll spend on what I want. It's like, no, we want to make sure the portfolio is designed appropriately. I'm not looking for if you're going to give your kids a thousand dollar Christmas present. Right. I'm looking for, do you need 20 grand out to, to put a new roof on the house? You know, or do you think you're going to buy a new car next year? And you're going to want money for your taxes and tags or like whatever maybe you want to buy a boat and you're, you're going to want a bunch of money out for that or something, right? Or you're going to do a big gift because you want to design how much is in the growth portfolio and how much yep. is in the income portfolio according to what your needs are. When you do it like that, think about it like this. The, the, the market crashes and people normally look at their statement and they go, oh my gosh, I'm down 10%. Oh, what should I do? I can't, I need to, I can't take any more money out. I'm, I'm, you know, it's going to ruin me. Well, no, you can't take money out of the stuff that went down. You could take money out of the stuff that didn't go down. So yep. back to correlation, right? Like it within those stocks, there might be things that are still up. There may be things that have actually done well. Like a lot of times when the market goes down, utilities will do well. <clears throat> you may be able to sell those actually for a premium, but it might be better for you to use that money for reinvesting. And so you sell something that somebody's giving you 20, 30% more than it's worth, and you turn around and buy a stock that's down 40 or 50%, that might be a better use of that capital. Sure. And I'm not trying to give people investment advice. I think you still have to do this from a professional standpoint, understanding what you're, uh, what you're purchasing and what the risks are and everything. But in general, you want to buy low and sell high. But if you have this income side of your portfolio where the money really didn't move much at all. Maybe when everything else was down 10, it went down three or four. You have kind of the safety area where without too much damage, you know that there's going to be a money available for you to yeah. cover your needs. Yep. If you have a disproportionately high amount of short-term needs, 
And sometimes people will talk about the bucket approach. Then maybe you need to isolate and segregate a little bit of money in a an alternative investment strategy. So kind of like um, almost like a, a separate portfolio that's set up for low volatility. It's going to get you low returns, but you can pretty much count on what that money is going to be worth. And then even within that income sleeve, if you're doing, and, and a lot of people miss this, in, in, in the investment profession, the, the all the stock funds are where the fund is and right. the bond funds are boring, right? The difference between a good bond fund and bond, bad bond fund might be a percent. The difference between a good stock fund and bad stock fund might be like 10%. So sure. for some reason, we put all this emphasis on stocks, but in the fixed income world, that's actually larger than the stock market, yet almost all portfolios have like only, you know, they are disproportionately underrepresented in their fixed income portfolio versus the equity markets versus that growth portfolio. So we want that correlation coefficient stuff to work out too in that income portfolio because you might have some fixed income that's down 7 or 8%, which is would be a big drop for fixed income. Yep. And some that's actually up 2% for the year. Sure. And you want to be able to go in there and say, just sell the 2% one and we'll hold on to the other one for when it corrects itself. So we have two things that are going on here. We have, I want to be able to look in, let's, let me back up a second. I want to split the portfolio or the investment program into growth oriented investments and, and fixed income oriented investments or income oriented invest stuff that I can actually use short term. Sure. And then within each pool there, I want to take into account my correlation coefficients. So I want investments that don't all go up and down exactly the same time by similar amounts. So that I can go in and decide stocks are down. Let's look over to the fixed income side and let's just take out the stuff that's actually not gotten beat up over there. Or you know what? Stocks are really high. Let's trim off the top. Not all the stocks are really high. Those Let's just trim off the best ones possible, right? The ones where I'm going to make the most money above what it's actually worth. So, and, and that's important. Final point that I guess is important. You can have an investment where you've made a lot of money on it. Yeah but it's still not priced at what it's worth. So yep. for instance, you could buy stock A, be up 100% and still be 10% under its worth, right? So so it's you know these these principles that we've been talking about price to value and those kind of these all kind of interlap someplace. They're they're all they're all intertwined as far as kind of building concept on top of concept on top of concept. Well, and let's Let's be really clear for a lot of people. Maybe the recent drop in the market has been scary because if you've invested in anything meaningful in the last few years, I mean, you've presumably made a lot of money over the last several years, larger than you had the balance. So when you potentially, quote unquote, have a drop in value, it seems more severe because the number's larger than you've ever seen. For some people, that could be $50,000, $100,000, a million dollars in the last several months. They've seen their portfolio drop by, and it's terrifying for them. But I think what you're talking about is the intentionality behind it. Use that idea of sleeves. There, There's a gamut of listeners that are extreme do-it-yourselfers that everything that you just said, they are literally eating it up. And they're like, this is exactly the information that I needed to help go put into my life to be better positioned. There are some listeners that are probably sitting here for the last 10 minutes going, man, this guy is smart. I have no idea what he's talking about. That's, there's of, not going to be too many doing that. 
Just think about think <laughs> think of, think about your own house. Depending upon where you live uh, in the world seasonally, um, you would have different types of of clothes that help protect you or keep you warm or help you do the things you want to do. What we're trying to help you understand is how incredible would it be to know that we know you need to order shirts, t-shirts, work shirts, what have you. But what if you were able to source the best ones based on what you are trying to do or the way you want it to feel or the way you want it to look or how it fits your body? You could go into any store and go buy a shirt and say, got a shirt. Or you could do a little bit of research, due diligence, and find a, a company that represents who you want or what you're trying to be, and the shirts feel great, and you feel good. What if every time you went to go put your clothes on, you knew that you felt and looked your best because you were really intentional about everything that you purchased? But at the same time, you wouldn't buy 10 shirts and no pants. You would probably be an irresponsible purchaser of things, right? You need to have a complete wardrobe to help you live your life. You wouldn't have all summer clothes if you live in a place, the northern parts of our country, where it snows, right? You want to have different jackets to keep you warm. What we're trying to do is when we talk about these ideas of equity sleeves and fixed income sleeves, put it in real life terms. When you open your closet, you want to know that you have certain things that can keep you warm in the winter months, as well as maybe lighter jackets when it turns a little bit warmer out, but still you want to have something on. You wouldn't just own one thing or you wouldn't just take you know, a little bit here and a little bit there, you'd be super intentional about what you're doing. So what we are trying to do is help inspire you to know that I think what I'm hearing in this whole entire series, there's a lot of, and we've touched on this in other episodes, there are tons of blog posts and things written out there about the best investments and get rich and do these things. And that's what people want to make sure that they're doing is in essence, buying the thing that's going to make them a lot of money. But what what I would challenge you with is what if you could just be a little wiser and more discerning about what you're doing with the money you have, which what we've been talking about in these you know three series, which is you're going to have to pay taxes. Do you want to just kick the can down the road today to pay less in taxes now, but potentially cost you and your heirs far more significant assets? And I love what you talked about because that idea of what's a 1% difference? Does it really matter? In our field, we would say it makes a huge difference because 1% sounds so meaningless, but what if the impact is so huge that with really small good decisions, one after the other, you could better empower yourself? No one knows what's going to happen tonight when we turn on the news, tomorrow, next week. No one can, no one can predict that stuff, but you would be surprised at how many people with empowered and inspired with the right information could create generational wealth or meaningful wealth for their kids. And wealth is really a, a term that we talk about all the time. Wealth and money are not the same thing. But what if you could create a meaningful life that you want to live where there's always going to be things beyond your control, but at least you know when it comes to the money business that you run, all the things that are quote unquote under your possession, you're being really intentional about how you use them to put not only you, you and your spouse, you and your kids in the best position possible We've taken you down some layers in these episodes at a super high level and then a little bit deeper. And in this last one, maybe just Travis just blew your mind with what he just shared. But what if we also told you that it's good to get professional help because if this is beyond your pay grade, it's okay. But make sure that you're finding the right kind of partner. And this is something that we champion all the time that is a fiduciary that's going to work in your best interest because this stuff is overwhelming. You might be so focused on protecting and building your family and doing what's right for them, working your job. Go do those things and we support you. But just make sure if there's anybody that you're bringing into your so-called money business, man, you're asking a lot of questions. 
Because as Travis, you had mentioned in a few other podcasts, you wouldn't just bring somebody in to watch your kids as a babysitter without asking them some questions or understanding their experience or how they do with kids. Your money is really no different. What if you could be making one decision after another that could be putting you in the best position possible, given whatever's happening in the world, whatever legislative changes have happened, make sure you understand what those changes are. So again, you can adapt. And if your money, if you're planning over the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years has not changed at all, and you keep getting the same story, I would really challenge you to ask lots of questions because the world has changed quite a bit. So I hope that this three-part series really, truly has inspired you. We've given you some really high things a little bit deeper, but what I love about this last one is we actually talked to you about the how-to give you some really meaningful things that hopefully you can go back in and, and start to work on. So with that, we hope that this uh, three-part series has inspired you as always to go out and live your best life because you only get one shot at this thing. Travis and I are here to just help you get the most out of it. So as always, thanks for being our guest. And until next time, go ditch those suits. Well, thanks for listening. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to this entire episode. Uh, we hope that this information has inspired you and empowered you to go out and live your best life. But let's be honest, you might have a question or two about some of the things we talked about today. If this is you, Travis and I are here to help in any way that we can. You can reach out to us and follow us on social media on Facebook at CPG. You can send us an email, uh, info at CPG.com. Just let us know in the email. This is in regards to ditch the suits, a question or topic you might want us to cover. Or you can visit our website, which is CPG.com. That's seedpg.com. Head up to that right corner, fill out that contact us button, and just let us know in the comments that this is in regards to Ditch the Suits. If you have a question, a series of questions, or anything we can do to help you on your journey to financial freedom, Travis and I are here to help. So again, it's your money and it's your life. You only get one shot at this thing. Our job is to make sure you get the most out of it. Thanks for being our guest. And until next time, have a great day. Thanks for listening. Ready to Ditch the Suits? Remember, it's your money and your life. For more information, visit seedpg.com. That's seedpg.com. If this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. And be sure to share with a friend.